0: Breaking news. Live tweeted breakup becomes live tweeted murder. Oh. Hello, human beings. This is WBEZ's It's All True podcast, powered by America's second favorite source for fake news, the WhiskeyJournal.com. I'm your host, Tim Barnes, and you've heard a fake news headline from me, your host, Tim Barnes. In each episode, I bring you a conversation with a great guest and then ask him to reveal a funny, personal, true story. This week, I chat with comedian J.F. Harris. What does the J.F. stand for?
1: Uh, It's James Francis. We talk about what it means to be a road comic. I stayed in a five-star hotel. I opened up for my friends in, like, a 3,000-seat theater. The next day... I took a Greyhound bus across Florida.
0: (laughs) And it all wraps up with a great
1: true story. You know the young homeless people who are like, they have a cell phone. But first,
0: let's listen to J.F. Harris on the mic.
1: This happened to me like two weeks ago. I was performing at the University of Delaware. I played at a lot of colleges. And there was one of those frat kids there. Have you ever seen one of those frat kids who rocks like a pop collar? You ever seen one of those gentlemen? uh yeah. by the way if you don't know what the pop collar means basically what the pop collar means is that kid is two butt light lines away from telling you what he really thinks about black people he's racist super racist and he came up to me after the show and was like dude let me give you a little bit of advice and i was like uh, I totally want advice from a guy who's just like a dog that just got back from the bed. What's up? <laughs> and he was like, when you date a chick, you gotta date a chick who loves sports. A chick who loves sports. And his whole logic was, it's like being with one of the guys. It's like being with one of, the... I don't know, me. me personally, whenever I sleep with anybody, I want it to be like none of the guys. <laughs> Like, you're never going to hear me say, like, oh, wait till you meet my new girlfriend, Jessica. You'll totally love her. She'll totally remind you of Greg.
0: (laughs) That was comedian J.F. Harris at the Comedy Club on State. He's one of those guys who belongs in the world of arts and entertainment. In fact, I think his entire backstory is the perfect concoction of elements for him to be a great artist.
1: I'm, I'm severely dyslexic, <laughs> like super dyslexic. <laughs> I, I have a mild case of cerebral palsy. I have nerve damage in my hands that causes my hands to shake. So I always kind of look a little nervous on stage, which is great when you're a performer. <laughs> uh, and I have... Uh, scoliosis. So I couldn't really play sports well. Uh, I couldn't read like comic books, which is normally what you get into when you can't play sports. So I just, that's part of the reason I got super into like movies and con- and like stuff like that is cause I couldn't really do much of anything else. So, so what, what social group were you in growing up? Uh, I just I had a good group of guy friends who all kind of lived on my block and they all played sports and they all skated. I was like the fat kid on the rollerblades who videotaped everyone else jumping on on handrails and curbs. I was like the guy when you watch a skateboard video who you just hear in the background going, yeah, that's like who I was. I was like the fat friend who just was like, I had skates and a video camera. <laughs> and you're originally from New York, right? I grew up on Staten Island, yeah. Okay,
0: so you moved to, I guess, Chicago being the big improv city, that's what...
1: I see, I moved here for film school. Oh. I went to Columbia College Chicago for a year and then dropped out, but I kind of secretly moved here to do comedy. <laughs> like, I do... I, do like an improv show and then get drunk till three in the morning. And then like, I was like, why don't I have good grades? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, I also at the time I n- didn't know how to write at all because I was so dyslexic and the New York city public school system was just like, yeah, go ahead, whatever. We don't care. You're not dumb. You just don't know how to spell the word the. So, <laughs> you know,
0: would you consider
1: yourself a
0: road comic?
1: Yeah. I, w- I, I've been in New York city. Got, I was in New York city comic up for like, The first, like, three or four years of my stand-up career, and then I started doing more road stuff. And about a year ago, maybe two years ago, I just kind of became, like, a road guy. What do you think about, when I hear that term road comic, do
0: you think there's a certain connotation about it?
1: Yeah, there definitely is. Because road comic is usually almost synonymous with hack. Yeah. The two of them kind of go side by side. But I'm also like my sensibilities are like art house movies and Bob Dylan, and then sometimes I'm in these terrible road clubs in like the middle <laughs> of nowhere, Winston Salem, North Carolina, and I'm open I'm with like a real road dog, not like a guy who came up in the alternative comedy scene in New York City.
0: Uh, wh- how do you navigate all that?
1: Um, I do this almost the same act in both. There's just like little differences. Like in Winston Salem, North Carolina, my hipster joke isn't going to hit. So I just pull that out of the four or five minutes that's in about young cool parents. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I'm
1: impressed by how you
0: set up these gigs that you do. I remember watching you talk about it once.
1: Yeah, I um I did 37 weekends of road last year. I was out in the world more than I was in New York City, which is kind of crazy. And it it just all kind of snowballed. And did you then, have a lot of Jack Kerouac moments. Oh, god. I I hate Jack Kerouac. <laughs> I love Jack Kerouac, don't get me wrong. Like On the Road is pro- was when I was it was one of my favorite books growing up, but that book screwed me up so much. <laughs> like I read that book when I was in my 20s and I was like this is the way to live life. And then at 30 is when I actually started like being an adult just because of that book. I was like you just live this crazy artist lifestyle. And then at like 28, 29, I was like, oh, you're poor. (laughs) Like taking an Amtrak at 20 is like you pull out of that station and it sounds like romantic. At 30, when you hear that train leave, it sounds like like an empty bank account. You're just like, I did not get my life together enough. Yeah, I, I'm i very lucky because, like, we hung out in Atlanta. Yeah. We were both in Atlanta at the same time. And it's you. it was a nice time in Atlanta because I was with a very famous celebrity. So uh-huh. we got to hang out in a super cool oh, hotel yeah. and a nice pool and had access to a room. So just there are highs. Free- there are yeah, definite highs. And then there's times when I'm, like, sleeping on a friend's couch. I remember th- this just recently happened. I flew to Miami to be in Miami for less than a day. I stayed in a five-star hotel. I opened up for my friends, the Impractical Jokers, in like a 3,000-seat theater. The next day, I took a Greyhound bus across Florida <laughs> to go sleep at somebody I know's place.
0: And so when you get back home and you look at the, the budget, are you
1: up or are you down? Um, ooh, right now, <laughs> Right now, I got about five grand in credit card debt. So I would say, but it's also like uh, I just gave up my apartment in New York City, and now I just live on the road. Now I don't have a place; I don't live anywhere. And you're married? No, no, I was married. Oh wow! Wow.
0: Do you not want to talk about that?
1: No, it's okay. Okay. We can talk about it.
0: You're oh, are you used to saying ex-wife?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: she's a comic as well, right? Yeah, she's and she's one of the best comics in New York City. How recent is this? Like uh, like three and a half months ago. Okay. Yeah, four months ago. Gotcha. Yeah, it's nuts.
0: So I uh, I was going to ask if, <laughs> if doing road gigs takes a toll on the relationship. But yeah, I think it definitely took I a huge it. one.
1: <laughs> I would say it took the toll. Uh, but that wasn't the only thing. Like we just didn't have – like we had a lot of problems in our relationship. And it it is hard to fix a relationship when you're gone most yeah. of the time. Like, And
0: also I think – Comedians shouldn't be together.
1: Uh, I know a few who make it work. Uh. I think. I know a lot of comics who date. There's got to be ones that yeah. it worked out for, right? I'm probably wrong. Mm, maybe not. <laughs> Trying to think if there's anybody, there's got to be one. <laughs> but I know more that have not worked out. <laughs> we'll be right back
0: with more It's All True after the break. And when we return, you'll hear J.F. Harris's funny, personal, true story. What's it about? Here's a clip.
1: There was a kid in front of me
0: who was wearing a train conductor's hat. So this sounds like the beginning of some grand musical. To be doing. <laughs> <laughs> you won't want to miss it. More J.F. Harris after the break. This week on Nerdat, the first American woman to walk in space.
1: Liftoff on a space
0: shuttle is rather like being embedded in an earthquake, being propelled off the planet. I'm actually more excited that she runs the National Weather Service. That's fair. Kathy Sullivan is a nerd for all seasons. That and more on Nerdat. Because everybody's a little nerdy about something. Listen every week at wbez.org podcasts. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Tim Barnes. And in each episode, I ask a guest to reveal a headline for a funny personal true story. This week's guest is comedian J.F. Harris. Here's his headline.
1: Next up uh, on the nine o'clock hour, hipsters, tricks, junkie. That, that's such a mouth, a crappy mouthful. <laughs> uh, man pretends to be cop saves lives. When I was just, like maybe like a year or two into stand-up. I used to live on the Lower East Side in New York City. I used to live on uh, in, in like 11th and B in New York City. Now it's pretty gentrified and like, but it used to be like a real rough and tumble kind of neighborhood. But uh, some of those elements are still around. Like I said, I grew up on Staten Island, New York. And so uh, I have a real blue-collar dad, and I grew up in a real... Like, everybody in my family is either a cop, a firefighter, or a sanitation worker. Which one is your dad? My dad's a firefighter, a New York City firefighter. Like, my dad is the type of guy who, uh, like, Bruce Springsteen would write a song about, right? And I am the type of person that I wish I wrote Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. (laughs) Like, his least popular album. ...that I think is his best album. (laughs) Maybe it's not his least popular, but it's definitely his best album. Like That's the difference that I grew up in. And so I moved to New York City to try to live this artist, Jack Kerouac kind of lifestyle. And I'm living in the Lower East Side, and I live in this tiny little room that's no bigger than a bed. So I never spent any time. And uh, I was walking through uh, the park. There's a park two blocks from my house on the Lower East Side called Tompkins Square Park. Uh, it's named after Paul F. Tompkins, not really. <laughs> and uh, I used to refer to the park as Needle Alley because there were so many junkies there. Yeah. Not like your fat Santa Claus homeless person, like the homeless guy where you like see him. And you're like, oh man, this dude. <laughs> you know the young homeless people who yeah. are like, they have a cell phone, and their parents are like want like the type of kid who has like the tattoos on his face, who looks like an extra from Road Warrior, yeah. like the gutter punk homeless. There was a bunch of those kids hanging out, and uh, as I was walking past them, there was a kid in front of me who was wearing a train conductor's hat. So this
0: sounds like the beginning of some grand musical.
1: To <laughs> <doors>. <laughs> that would be fun. It's rent 2.0. It's just they got rid of the apartment, and now they just do heroin outside. Uh, and so this kid in front of me was wearing a train conductor hat, and one of the uh, homeless kids just said to him, uh, "He was like, hey, that's a pretty nice hat for a hipster and a f- it. And I was just like, "What the? F- I can't hurt. What the hell?" <laughs> Except I didn't use the word hell, and what I sh- I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just kept walking. But. Yeah. And Now that, you made yourself known. Yes. And the other kid who got called a f- it just kept walking because these are, cr- like, these kids <laughs> clearly have nothing to live for except to try to make money off their dog. You know what I mean? Like, give a, the, you know, the I p- that pisses me off when they, oh. like, rope a dog into their junkie problem. Uh, <laughs> like, this dog doesn't want to hang out with a heroin addict all day. He wants to, um... So I I was like, what the hell? And they all like stopped and turned at me. And for some reason I stopped and I should have just kept walking. And then they were all looking at me like it was like going to be a confrontation. And that's when like from my ID, like did the only thing I could do in that situation, which is I just lied. And I mustered up like every part of blue collar Staten Island I had in me. (laughs) And I just turned to them and I just went, I'm a cop. I'm an undercover cop. Or I'm an off-duty cop. I just lied to them. And then they were looking at me like they didn't believe me. And then I put on this face, and I was just like, cop. And I just said (laughs) cop again. And they all stopped. Hey, tell me what you were wearing at this. Oh, I'm a hipster. So I was probably just wearing some tight jeans. and like, I was probably wearing my Bruce Springsteen the River shirt, to tell you the truth. Uh, uh. And so these kids are like looking at me and I'm like, I'm an off duty cop, but I'm also from Staten Island. So like when I need that accent, I can yeah. drop that. It's kind of disappeared. Can but you do I, it with the accent for me? Oh yeah. I could be like, Oh, look at this guy right here. What are you doing? Huh? What's, what's wrong with you? So I just put that on. I was just like, I'm a cop. I'm an all, and then I gave him like this like hard looking face. I was like, what are you going to do right now? I was like. I I make one phone call. All you guys are in jail right now. And what I did was definitely illegal. Like, you can't lie and say you're a cop. But the thing that was more illegal that I was worried about was the stabbing that was about to happen to me. (laughs) And then they walked away. They, like, left. Because there's always cops in that park. And I... That was like the moment where I was like, oh, I'm really happy that I grew up the way I did because it just <laughs> saved my life.
0: Being from Staten Island, did you have any uh, tactics as someone who was you, you, you told me you were kind of a nerdy kid?
1: Uh so- y- yeah, it's when they swing duck. <laughs> I'm a cop. <laughs>
0: And that's the show. Big thanks to J.F. Harris for stopping by. If you like more updates on what he's up to, follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is J.F. Harris underscore comedy. It's All True is a production of WBEZ Chicago and The Whiskey Journal. The show is produced by me, I, myself, Tim Barnes, Joe Dassault, Iris Lynn, and the guy who's talking right now. For more info on this show and other wonderful WBEZ podcasts, visit WBEZ.org slash podcasts. Next week on It's All True, I talk to stand-up comic John Roy. I thought you were black. What? I thought you were black. I thought you were like Mariah Carey level of black. Well, I have. I mean, this is. There's no other way to get into this, but I have big lips. (laughs) I I do, and I shave my head. If you dig the show, please subscribe on iTunes and tell people about it. It's a big help, and it means a lot. My Twitter handle is TimBarnes451, and follow the show at AllTruePodcast. This is Tim Barnes signing off, saying, "I believe in you."